What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest Adam Shibley on the line today. So without further ado, how are you, Adam? I am great. How are you doing, Robert? I'm just psyched to be here, man. I'm psyched to be a part of this Keto Savage Nation that's going on. Hey, man. That's, that's the name of the game. One step at a time, right? That's right. So you had me on your podcast yesterday we recorded, um, and we kind of talked a little bit about your story and got me you know, intrigued for sure. So give, give my audience a little background kind of on what you've got going on now, kind of what got you into keto in the first place, and just kind of all the exciting stuff and moves you're making. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take it way back to almost 10 years ago. I actually found myself at a point in my life where I weighed 327 pounds. And it, uh, I remember the exact moment when I kind of had that, that light bulb go off. And a lot of us have been there where there's that moment of decision that hits us. And I was standing at the grocery store. I had $40,000 of credit card debt. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pay for the unhealthy food that I had in my cart. you know, And I was just kind of hit by the moment and I decided I was ready for a change. So uh, I started changing some things. I, I actually had a few friends that were concerned about me and I had a lot of just negative momentum going on in my life. I kind of considered myself what I now call a crap magnet. I was just kind of attracting all sorts of really just not good things into my life, you know, stressed, depressed, unhealthy, and like I said, ready for a change. So I had some friends that uh, were egging me on to change a few things and one of them had given me a, a DVD that had been collecting dust. Now, this is, you know, that's way back. It's the DVD age. So yeah. it's, you know, we're, we're talking old school here. And the, uh, the DVD was called The Secret. And it was just sitting on my DVD player collecting dust. And for any of you that uh, have ever watched The Secret or, or read the book, it's all about uh, personal growth and the law of attraction, what you're attracting into your life. So it was something that I needed to watch, and I hadn't watched it yet for several weeks. Until that night, I, I went home from the grocery store, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check this thing out because it's something different. I don't know what it's about. I just feel like this is the right thing to do. So I pop it in, and I watch it three straight times. And that was the first time I was ever introduced to personal growth or personal development. Like I hadn't heard about any of this stuff. So then I started checking out like Tony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and you know, just all these different leaders in, in that space and just absorbing as much information as I could. And I was on fire. I, I was just like, my life had some juice in it for the first time in a long time. So I, from that point, you know, we've all been fired up about stuff. We get big goals and, you know, we're just kind of, we're still in January now. And, you know, a lot of the New Year's resolution thing is still going. But if you don't do anything with that energy, then that's a problem. You know, that's where we just hit that cycle of setting goals and never really do anything about it. So, I knew that I needed to put a plan of action in place around all this energy that I had. So I did something kind of different. And we talked about this briefly yesterday, but I basically set a five-year plan in place. And I mapped out and designed the exact life that I wanted to have five years from that date. So I, you know, at the time, I was way overweight. I needed to lose over 100 pounds. I didn't really have the business direction that I wanted. I wasn't in a relationship that, well, I was in a relationship, but my, my girl that I was in love with was moving out of town, so I was depressed about that. And you know, I wanted so many things in my life, and I said, okay, I need to get a plan together. I need to take action in line with that plan. So I mapped it out five years, and then I, I, that wasn't enough. I wanted to bring it back home because all the personal development I was listening to, all the things were like, you have to take 
daily action in line with your goals and be accountable to that. So I created uh, something that I now call the lifestyle rehabilitation statement. And I basically wrote out all my goals as if they'd already been achieved. So whether it was my physical goals, my business goals, my relationship goals, I had a statement and I wrote it, I wrote it out and I read it every morning and every night. And I read it as if, you know, it was already happened. I, it was uh, in present tense. I had a, a date, uh, July 12th, 2012. That was my target date. And so every morning I would read that out loud and no matter who was around. And that was the way I kind of woke up my brain and said, okay, we're looking for opportunities to just to move the needle towards these directions that, that are my ultimate goals. And then every night I would do the same thing, read it out loud, no matter who was around. And I would say, okay, I got to be accountable to this. Did I do anything yet today to move the needle in the direction that I need to go? And if I didn't, then I would just try to do something, whether it was reading an article or send an email or contact a friend or anything like that, uh, just to make sure that every day I was dedicated for five years. And I did that every single day. And the cool thing is uh, that dedication paid off. And it's kind of crazy to think about, but I accomplished every single goal except for one. I opened up my fitness facility seven days late. So seven days after seven days after the goal deadline that I had set five years prior, uh, I opened up my facility. I never really told anybody what I was doing. Like friends had heard me, you know, reading my goals and things like that, but they didn't really understand what was going on, how, you know, what the process was and how long I had been doing it. But that day that I opened up my gym, it was an 8,000 square foot facility, two rooms. I had a hundred people there for a 6am class. And I opened up uh, that facility, our official launch, and I told everybody the story, and people were just like crying and stuff. They're like, "Wow, that's that's kind of crazy that five years ago none of this existed. You were 327 pounds in debt, no business, no relationship, and now married, got a kid, got a thriving business, got my own facility. You know, lost over 100 pounds. And the other cool thing is, as I you know started going towards this health journey on my own. I just so I, you know I, I ended up losing over 100 pounds. I've lost about 110 pounds now. I uh, walk around about 210, 215 pounds, and I started helping other people do what I did basically. So in that five-year span, I started helping other people building my my business as a fitness expert and doing group fitness and things like that. And in that five-year span, not only did I lose 100 pounds, I helped my hometown, Bloomington, Indiana, lose 35,000 pounds. So my clients lost 35,000 pounds in that five-year span also. And that's why, you know, my podcast is called the million pound mission because the next level, you know, I had all these advisors and people were like, you need to franchise this concept. It's crushing it. We can take this, you know, internationally. And I'm like, well, I don't know. That's just not my dream, but I did want to make a bigger impact. So the next level was the podcast and we're trying to inspire a million pounds of results of, you know, healthy results, whether it's using things like keto or clean eating or just, you know, burning calories in general, working hard. We want to help inspire people. Uh, to get healthier and, and live a healthier lifestyle, just like I've done and like my hometown has done. We're taking it out there on the next level. So that's kind of the the long the long intro. I'm sure uh, some questions are, are cooking through your mind there. Uh, so that that's that's the basic story of, of what I got going down. That's awesome. And do you have like a, a, a time frame for the million pound mission? Like, is there like a like a five year plan for that too, or is that un, ungrounded by time? The I've, I've been setting one year goals. So the goal for our first year here, 2018, is to get it over 100,000 pounds. And we're 
you know, I, I actually am getting uh, web developers set up for my website so that people can go on and actually just enter in as if I, you know, if they listen to a show and I give them like a free program or something or, or something that, that they make a change and they lose seven pounds, they can go on and actually donate their weight to the million pound mission and add it in there and we'll see the numbers tick up. So within the next month, I'll have that ready to go and we'll see those numbers start to fly, hopefully. And I think it's gonna be pretty cool. That's sweet, man. I love the concept. Like it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's just cool. Like the idea that that people can, you know, no matter where they're at, contribute to that number ticking up and know that they're that they've been impacted and that they're in turn impacting others. That's just that's some powerful stuff, man. Yeah, it's cool, and that's something that I really promote is that we're all in it together. And I know that weight loss itself isn't like the trendy thing right now. It's about being healthy, and I'm about that too. But I always tell people like I had a hundred pounds of like unwanted fat on my body that was making me unhealthy and I needed to get rid of that. And sometimes I see people kind of kid themselves a little bit and they say, well, I'm focused on being healthy. So I'm only lifting weights and they do their diets terrible. And I'm like, you got to put it all together, folks. It's important that, you know, you got to think the bigger picture. Like I knew I wanted to have children and I want to be around for those children and I want to be around for my grandchildren. So I have to think and eat and exercise in line with those big goals. And if we're not doing that, sometimes we're just putting the blindfold on and, and hoping for the best. And that's not, that's kind of a scary situation, as you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I mean, the, it is about being healthy, but I mean, America, we, we definitely have more than a million pounds worth, worth to lose. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm in agreement there. Um, so let's, let's backtrack a little bit farther, man. I'm gonna start at the beginning, like, like you had mentioned, because that, that kind of stuff, like I like really going into people's you know, the darkest spot, so to speak, so you can really, yep. so the light shines that much brighter, basically. Yep. Um, I could totally relate with you on that 40K in credit card debt, man. I just released a post today about being freaking in the hole, not having a plan, not being healthy. So, like, what, what is that like? Just really go into detail about how shitty that is. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have been there and one of the things that we all have to realize is that we're not alone. And that's the first key thing is that sometimes we feel like we're on that island and it's like I am a, the failure of the human race and no one is as, as big of a failure as me. And that's not true. So I think the first thing we have to think about is, okay, I'm not special. My, my problems aren't unique to me. And there's got to be some answers out there. And there's got to be somebody that can give me some hope. So that that's just something that I want to put out there. But yeah, it it was tough because... You know, I was a big dude and it really, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday also, but you know, I was in the fitness space at 327 pounds, but I was a more, more focused on being a strength and conditioning coach. So, uh, I actually went to Indiana university. Uh, I graduated high school weighing 185 pounds and each year in college, I put on 20 to 25 pounds because in college you get freedom and uh, freedom to drink as much alcohol and eat as much food as you'd like. And, uh, but I was studying to be, you know, getting my exercise science degree. I wanted to be, you know, a lot of people get into the, uh, the field because they want to train like famous athletes. And that's kind of the, the, the shiny, you know, carrot that's hanging out there that we all want to like, Oh, I can train famous athletes and all that. And that's what I was going for. I was competing in powerlifting, but some, I mean, much like your own story, uh, a few, you know, eating disorders popped up where, you know, food addiction is real for me. And it still is like, I know what people say when, like, I know they feel when they say things like, I can't eat just one cookie at all. You know, I've got to eat the whole bag. And, um, that was the situation for me in college, putting on weight until, you know, I was competing in Highland games and throwing the caber and tossing the stone. And I was competing at a high level. I was strong. 
uh, competing in, in, you know, junior nationals and powerlifting. I finished second in my weight class, different weight class each year, progressively going up. <laughs> but uh, just the health factor was so bad that actually after my – I competed in one more national event in powerlifting um, the year after I graduated uh, college. And I ended up having major blood pressure issues and I, I passed out and hit my head on the sink and all this stuff. Like I had blood pressure issues when I was 24, 25 years old and, you know, weighing that much, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And I remember I was competing in a Highland games in, um, in Colorado, high elevation. And I felt so shitty, like just walking around high elevation with high blood pressure and no cardio, tons of body fat. I was like, this sucks. And I, I retired from Highland games that day. I left all of my equipment there. I either threw it away in the dumpster or left it in the hotel. I left it all there and I said, I'm done with this. And, and, uh, that's kind of when the mindset started to shift towards, I need to start getting healthy. And, um, that, that was just a place where, you know, like I said, a lot of people are there, they, they lose hope but we have to just realize we have to start taking action for things to change. We have to change for things to get better. We have to get better. And the best time to start getting better is right now. Yeah, I agree. I really like the, the concept of, you know, having like a five-year plan and just chipping away at it day by day. Like when I first started Keto Savage, I wanted to, you know, put something out there. Like if I, I would go to bed and I would journal whether I, I did something that day that moved it forward. And if I hadn't, I would like you know, make an Instagram quote or just something, something so that every single day you can look back on, I did this to move the needle that much. And, you know, some days are going to be better than others. But if you don't, if you allow yourself to have that one slip up, it's easier for that to become two slip ups and then three. And it just has a compounding effect in a negative way. But the same is true if it's, if it's done correctly, it has a compounding effect in a positive way. Yeah. And I, I use a term called accountability anchor points. And I feel like you know, whether we're building a business or, or losing 100 pounds or getting ready for a bodybuilding show or whatever, we have a big goal. We, it's like climbing a mountain. And we need to anchor on as often as possible. So as we're climbing that mountain, we know that life's going to throw us some curveballs. We're going to have a few slip-ups. But then we only slip up to that last accountability anchor point. So I think I always challenge my clients, uh, whether it's weight loss or whatever. You know, I coach people on weight loss. But uh, even if you apply it to business, I tell people to look at each area of their life and try to establish some form of accountability. So wherever you spend the most time, you know, family, friendship circles, work, uh, you know, if you go to a gym, then try to establish an accountability anchor point that's going to be a positive support system for your biggest goals. So with weight loss, I tell people like, you know, you got to have somebody at home that knows what your goals are that's going to help support you. You got to have somebody at work, whether you just start like a work basketball meetup like every Wednesday at noon, that's an accountability anchor point. That's going to uh, make you, it's something that people will know that you did or did not do. And it's out there and you are accountable to showing up and somebody's going to chase you down and say, hey, we didn't do that. You weren't there last Wednesday or we didn't do our regular family food prep last Sunday. And somebody's going to call you out on that or you have a coach. Uh, you know, we got a couple of good coaches right here on the line if you guys need somebody, you know, and uh, it's, you know, shameless self-promotion for Robert and I, uh, but it's, uh, you know, having accountability and that's what my goal was. And that I was accountable to that process, same as you, and that we knew we either did that or we didn't do it. And then we either took action or we didn't. And having that accountability, we can't run from that. So many people fear that because then there's nowhere to run and hide. It's like, okay. Uh, I actually have to do something about this goal. And if I don't, then I'm the one, you, know, you have to kind of turn that finger of blame around and point at yourself and, and just kind of own it 
And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do, as you know. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a lot of people, they they make the mistake or they, they're just their frame of mind works so that they don't tell anybody until they've reached the goal and they tell everybody. And I get their reasoning behind that. But at the same time, I'm the exact opposite. Like I tell everybody before I ever even start, because if I fail, I want them to give me shit, you know, because I want to have that remorse, which makes it's going to make me less likely to you know not follow through with it. And I think just simply, you know, putting yourself out there and having the confidence to know that, you know, rain, sign or show, I'm, I'm doing this and it's going to happen. It's going to I'm going to see it through to completion, you know, period. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, people are asking me if I'm crazy calling my show the million pound mission. I'm like, I've got to be accountable to this. I want to make that kind of an impact. I, I, I'm very much about the impact. I know that if I can create a million pounds of results out there, good things will happen for me because of that. And so I'm not out there going, you know, I'm going to try to sell a million dollars of a million things. I'm just like, okay, if I make impact first, then that the good things will follow, but I need to be accountable to that. So it's out there, man. I got, I got hoodies made and everything. It's, it's, it's out there. No, I love it, man. I freaking love it. Um, I liked it. Like you, you got into all the self-help books, you know, like Tony Robbins. It, it's cool. Cause you know, I've read all those same books and a lot of people, and sometimes like I'll even catch myself and it's like, Oh, I didn't, I don't need to read another one of those things. I'm just going to go do it. But there's definitely like a lag time. Like before you build up that self-confidence yourself, you know, leverage those books and the confidence of those speakers and the people that have done that because that can be like the spark that grows into the flame. And it's funny because like a lot of people will look down on you. Oh, it's just a frou-frou book. You know, you don't need to be reading that. But I mean, I'd be reading those books and people would be reading some kind of crazy, you know, fictional book or something. And, you know, having that as a, a foundation, as a baseline keeps me going because I'll look back at those people that have successfully made something happen with their lives and I'm not comparing myself to my friends. I'm comparing myself to the people that have already freaking killed it in this world. You know, that's what I've got to aspire to be like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give my clients a challenge and sometimes they really fight me on it. But I, I tell them no music for one week, just for seven days. I want you to pick your biggest life goal. Just Google it and find audiobooks and podcasts that are aligned with that. And every time you're driving, you listen. Every time you're working out, you listen. When you're doing dishes, you listen. And just see how fired up you can get and see how much progress and inspiration you come away with in just seven days. And I've got so many people hooked. And you know, I'm I'm telling people to get check on your your podcast. I'm like, this needs to be one of the, the podcasts that you listen in, in your arsenal, you know, while you're doing your dishes, while you're doing your workout, because it's gonna inspire you. And it's just like like brain food. You need to feed that mind. And, you know, sow those seeds that uh, are going to grow into what we want to realize as our goals. So, uh, yeah. What, what's, a, from like a technical standpoint, what are some of the, the audio books and or books that you yourself have, you know, really looked, uh, you know, looked up to personally? Uh, there are a couple that I recommend pretty much to everybody. Uh, the first one is my favorite all-time book. It's called The One Thing by Gary, Ke- uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because people like like you and I, Robert, we get a million ideas a minute. You know, we even shot a few of them out there when we were talking earlier. And it's just like, you know, I'm sure that you feel the same way as I do. Like there's so many opportunities right now. And, you know, the podcast thing is growing and it's just like, oh, I could go a million different directions. So the one thing is all about, you know, what is the one thing in your life that if you accomplish it, that would have the biggest overall impact and let's make sure that we focus on that every day and spend a, a pretty good chunk of, of time doing that every day uh, because that's really what it's about. So that's that's one of them. And um, I, I actually read that book uh, two times in a row 
cover to cover, just nailed it. And I was like, I, you know, I can't stop reading this thing. Uh, so that that's a, a book that'll help anybody. I also like The Power of Habit by uh, Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G. Um, awesome. When we talk about, especially people that are dealing with things like food addiction, uh, people that are really trying to lose body fat, lose weight, that are struggling with kind of rebounds and things like that. It's a really, really powerful book. It just helps you understand why we tend to slip up and how habits work. Uh, so that's an excellent book. And then the third book that I tend to recommend to everybody is called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod because so many of us just plow through our day just checking off boxes. And at the end of the day, we're like, damn, I spent you know 20 times more time at work than I did with my kids today. And I, I didn't do any you know, reading or meditation, no, no me time at all. So the miracle morning helps you carve out just starting at five minutes, the first five minutes of your morning to get in some you time with journaling, reading, meditation, exercise, and then you build from there. And uh, it's an, it's an awesome book. And all those are really quick reads. So, uh, those are, those are three that I would put out in the, uh, the reading recommendation list for sure. I like it. I like it. I've, I've read the first two. I haven't read the, the Miracle Morning, but I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, it's good. I've got three for you. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So all my listeners have heard me recommend The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Have you read that one? No, but I've had, it's been recommended two times, so I'm, I'm on it now. That one is, there's that's like the one book I can point at and say that book has single-handedly changed my life. So definitely recommend that book. That's for like anybody going through any type of hardship, teaches you how to think from a stoic mentality. Like I, I listen to that on repeat every time I do a competition prep now. Like nice. it's a game changer. Uh, so that awesome. one. And then um, I really, really like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It book. It's his first book. Super simple read. Um, I get it on audiobook, and he's actually the narrator in the audiobook, which is cool because he's got a lot of fire when he talks about it. But basically that's like a really compelling book for, you know, you can make your passion into a thriving, you know, business that pays your bills and then you continue to leverage and grow into something that benefits other and adds value. So like a lot of my business concepts come from that. And then um, Mastery by Robert Greene. That's a really good one too. And it, it is kind of in line with like the one thing as well. So it's got yeah. uh, some similarities there. Yeah. No, I, that's, uh, I, I try to read at least two books a month. So a book every other week. So I'll put those on my list for sure. And I'll, I'll report back in. Yeah, those those are good, man. Um, all right, so so you totally turned your life around, and uh, you started ticking away at this, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time, uh, one year at a time. And what what were some like uh, the pivotal moments? Like, do you have that that script with all your uh, you know aspirations on there that you read every day? Uh, I've, I've I, once I accomplished it, I actually now I reset it every every year now because things started moving so fast. I was like, I can't even fathom like five years because, you know, like a year ago or a year and a half ago, I didn't have a podcast. Now this podcast thing's taken off. I didn't have an online business. Now that's taken off. So I'm like, I got to just nail this in one year chunks at this point. And that's kind of what I've been recommending to my uh, the people I'm working with as well. But, you know, I'm still on it. Like it worked before. I still do it every morning, every night. And it's just, it's a true habit. It's a, it's a focus point for me. And I think it's really important to, uh, you know, furthering my progress. No, I totally agree, man. What, what were your, what were some of the bullets on that first five-year plan? Like opening up the gym, losing the weight. What were some of the other things? Uh, I wanted to be married. And this is, this is another kind of weird twist in the story. So 
Uh, I told you that in that moment in the grocery store, I was, I was kind of depressed because I was in love, but the girl that, that I was in love with was moving away. So she's moving up to, to go to college to pursue, pursue her doctorate degree up in Indianapolis, which is about an hour away, but you know, living an hour away is never good. So, you know, I started doing the secret and, and, you know, putting out the law of attraction and all this stuff and something weird happened. She, you know, she had bought a house up there and I never heard about this happening before, but we actually helped her move up there. All of her stuff's moved in and then the loan gets disqualified because of some like freak thing that happened in the process and she didn't get the house and someone else bought it and she had nowhere to live. So I said, hey, come and live with me. And now, uh, you know, however many, 12 years later, we're married and have two kids. So wow, that's awesome, man. <laughs> so it was, uh, and I'm not saying that if she had moved up there, that would have been the end of it, but that's going to strain on any relationship, not living in the same town. And, uh, so yeah, just uh, crazy stuff like that happens. But that was one of the things was to be married, uh, have, have kids. I wanted to have a team because I knew, I knew I had big dreams. I knew that I wanted to make a big impact because I had all this energy and fire inside of me. So I knew that I was going to take a team. So I had a goal to have at least five employees and I blew that away. I had, by the, I mean, I've got 30 people on my team right now. I think we had at least 20 at the end of the, the five year, the first five years. So uh, I knew that, it, you know, that was going to need to take place. I knew I needed a facility because I, I, was kind of a, like many of us do it in the fitness industry. We start off as a personal trainer and kind of roam around wherever we can get clients. And I was running space off other people. And I was like, okay, you know, there needs to be a home, home based location. And I eventually want to own, uh, I want to own one. And that, uh, another funny twist in the story is that, that facility that I opened up, the big 8,000 square foot facility, ended up being a complete nightmare, man. It was a nightmare. And, uh, it was just a, a crazy situation where our landlord was kind of shady and uh, he tried to replace the roof during the worst winter that we've ever had. And we had indoor flooding like during our classes with like ice chips falling out of the ceiling <laughs> and stuff. Like it was it was crazy, man. I actually I got so freaked out about it. Like I started having anxiety attacks. I went to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. And it was just anxiety from like the roof caving in and my business. Like we lost like 25 percent of our clients because of this, this crappy facility. But the, what that ignited, you know, trying to find the, the good in anything, I started going around and looking for other facilities and I connected with a, um, a gymnastics uh, company and they had two buildings and they were gonna put one up for sale and it wasn't up for sale yet. So I, I go, hey, I'd like to buy that building. So I ended up buying a building uh, that we're in now and it's our home base and I own it, I got a great deal on it. So it ended up working out the way it needed to. I'm much, much happier owning our own facility and having our own space. And it's the perfect size. It's a great location. So, you know, I feel like sometimes it's, it's really easy to get down on ourselves and think, man, this, this is a low point, but we have to just remember this, this too shall pass. You know, the good times, the low times, that's, they're all going to pass. We go in cycles, but I just kind of tell myself if, if I hit one of those ruts and it seems like a lot of bad stuff's coming my way, I think, you know what? That means that the, the peak's going to be even higher when I hit that, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, that, that's uh, that's just a little perspective there, I guess. Man, it sounds like you've already read the ups to close the way. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I mean, I'm gonna backtrack even more here because I want to talk about I want to talk about the gym for sure. But so so the your wife now, y'all, I guess met um, in college or something. <laughs> 
another great story here, Robert. Uh, so in my in my very last powerlifting meet that I competed in, uh, you know, natural powerlifter, much like you. That's why I have so much respect for you as a natural bodybuilder. I was a drug tested athlete, and, and I know how hard it is, even in powerlifting. Like people are always trying to be, you know, shady and sneaky and get around the rules. But um, but anyway, so props to you. I forgot to say that yesterday when we talked. Um, but I was competing in my last powerlifting event. And my goal was to, to cross an 1,800 total. So uh, I knew the numbers I needed to hit. I was having a great meet. And then my last deadlift, I had to, I had to deadlift 688 pounds to hit my 1,802 total. And I've got it up to my knees. I start to kind of pinwheel a little bit. I start to kind of uh, kind of lean towards my left side. And my left uh, groin muscle just blows. I mean, it just goes. But I, I, I completed the lift. It was like the longest, hardest, most painful deadlift I've ever did. Uh, I got my total. But then I'm like limping off and I had so I had been seeing this kind of cute looking girl there at the gym the last few weeks before this. And I had heard that she was like an athletic trainer or, or some sort of uh, physical therapist or something. So uh, after I injured myself, I, I kind of sought her out because I want to talk to her anyway. I need an excuse. And I was just a big fat guy. And I was like, oh, I can't just approach this woman you know, without, <laughs> without a reason. So I talked to her. And I said, Hey, you know, I heard you work at a orthopedics office. Can you just give me an opinion on what's going down? And she kind of like stretched me a couple times. She's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Why don't you come in and see me? I'm like, yes, yes, I will. And uh, so I go in and have you ever had Graston therapy done, Robert? No. Okay. It's terrible. It's like she had this, it was like a big purple, like butter knife slash boomerang looking thing, but it had an edge on it, like a, a very thin edge. And she stuck that uh, along my adductor muscle, my inner thigh, and basically scraped away the scar tissue and is pushing and just like scraping away. And it is so painful. I'm cringing now just listening, man. It's, and it's in my groin, man. She's like up, <laughs> up in the business with this like this hacksaw looking thing. And, just, and I'm sweating. I'm 327. So, I, you know, I sweat just walking in the door. I got some, some, some girl that I'm attracted to just like – just freaking brutalizing my, my <laughs> man pieces over here and, and I'm sweating. I'm trying not to throw up, you know, it's, it's just like, it's very painful. And, um, and then I'm like, do you want to go see a movie later? <laughs> I mean, I'm sweating all over. It's just like, I know I'm gross, but she said yes. <laughs> and, so I, I pulled the ultimate move. I took her to see uh, the movie Napoleon Dynamite. You know, it was an uh, you know uh, a, a romantic classic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like doing all the exact wrong things, but uh, but yeah, man, we 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 fell in love. And boy, that man, that grass and therapy is no joke. Like my whole leg turned purple, like the whole inside. But it got you saw the the blood flow going, and it helped me heal up faster. But uh, man. And and she still like does all these like experimental treatments on me today. Like she does like the cupping and dry needling. She's sticking needles into my spine and all this stuff. But she, I mean, she, now she's a uh, a full blown physical therapist. I'm super proud of her. She's a clinic director here in town. She's amazing. She's probably the most sought after uh, PT in our in our area for sure. And uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a uh, a test dummy, but I appreciate it, man. She keeps me in one piece, and I beat my body up pretty good. Uh, over the years but yeah it's freaking awesome man i love it it's like it's like a, a true love story it's it's it's, it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah a true love story started by scraping of the groin i i i told that story at our wedding too i had people dying with, with that one <laughs> well, i couldn't stop laughing 
<laughs> so, so she was with you when you were at your heaviest, and then she watched your whole transition. Man, that's got to be like she's got to have like a ton of respect for you. Oh yeah, and it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I actually just uh, recorded a podcast called "Losing Weight While Dating," and I had uh, two former guests, uh, two females that both lost over 100 pounds, and I've lost. So we we had almost 300 pounds, or over almost 400 pounds of weight loss on the show with me and those two combined. We talked about the the journey of losing weight while dating somebody, both from the perspective of finding somebody and then losing weight and then being with you and also dating and meeting new people as you are losing a bunch of weight and how to like bring that up and like, Hey, I've lost a hundred pounds and you know, it's kind of awesome, but weird at the same time. But so that I'm not sure when that episode is going to go out, but, uh, if you guys stick around to the old million pound mission podcast, you'll, uh, you'll get to tune into that one soon enough. But it's, um, it's something that, I mean, you know, that it's for real when something like when you're kind of unhealthy and not the most, you know, attractive, abtastic person. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I do have major respect for her for, and I just tell people she's just into fat guys. I'm like, yeah, she's into fat guys. That's, that's why I want her over. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but that, and, you know, and I use the word fat jokingly because, you know, I used to be fat and, and, uh, you know, so if that offends anybody, I apologize. Cause I know not everybody likes that word. But I try to add a little bit, bit of humor, and I kind of make fun of myself, and that's that's how I roll. Um, quick, but, quick, quick question, man. Totally off yeah. topic here. Or not really off topic, but I've had several people ask me, because like Crystal and I, you know, we have a really great relationship, and we're both, you know, fit, and we live together and everything. I've had several people ask me what their opinion is on, like, they want to be healthy, they want to live, but their significant other does not. And they've asked me, I mean, this is totally going to be on an individual basis, but what is your take on that, like, from a long-haul perspective? Like, do you think that's doomed to fail or what's your take well that's another you're asking all the right questions robert i actually am I'm, I'm, i kick out like a five minute tip episode every friday and one of the upcoming episodes is how to uh encourage someone else to get fit because that is a just a freaking slippery slope mm-hmm. as you know i mean it is it's the danger zone for real and so there are a couple couple just key things that uh i could put out there for people uh number one is whether it's your spouse, a friend, a coworker, anybody, do not pay for for them. Don't don't pay their way for them to do like a program, a boot camp, a coach, or whatever. Do not pay full like the whole thing for them because they won't do it. Because I have people do this all the time in my gym, and I have a zero percent success rate in all these years. Zero percent of the people have finished their program. Where people will spend, I had somebody spend a thousand bucks on his employees program and he lasted for two weeks the guy was morbidly obese needed to lose over 200 pounds and didn't want it enough because people think oh they'll feel guilty if if i if they don't if they don't stick with it because i paid for it and it's like no it's the opposite they don't have the drive to do it because they don't have any skin in the game i said the same thing yesterday man like that same thing yeah yeah so and I, i literally zero percent success rate so that that's numbers to back up what you said i mean i i've every time somebody tries to do it i'm like okay you know i am accepting of money and things like that to run my business but let me tell you this will not work this will not work and they always are like oh this time it'll be different never different 100 <laughs> percent of the time never different so that's that's one thing to, to think about now the other thing to think about is that you don't want to make it a comparison between you and them because that's doomed to fail also. You can't be like, well, I'm fit and now you need to be fit also to kind of keep up with our relationship pace of, of hotness or whatever, you know, because, uh, you know, even my wife and I had a, a really 
deep conversation not too long ago where she was like, you know, you're getting more out there and you're, you know, people recognize you on Facebook and crap like that. And, you know, I don't even care about that, but, uh, she's like, I'm feeling kind of like the pressure to be like the fitness guy's wife and be in shape like, like that. You know, and I'm like, it's not about that. Like you be healthy for you and you know, you, you know, are beautiful and you're healthy and, and that's, what's important. You don't have to be like bodybuilder mode or, or anything like that. I mean, not, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but if that's not what you want, then, you know, you're an amazing mom, you're an amazing wife, you're healthy, you're beautiful, I love you, I'm attracted to you, then we're good to go, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just, I think, effective communication along those lines. But when you really want to help that, that significant other, uh, you've got to make it about them. And you've got to make it, you know, you almost have to kind of Trojan horse them in. So I've, I've got uh, some, some tactics where I tell people, like, they have a friend or a coworker or even a spouse uh, we do like free two week trials, like bring a friend trial uh, at our gym. And I had a person come up to me like, I feel awkward asking somebody because I'm afraid it'll offend them. And I said, no, no, no. You need to make it about spending more time with them because everybody likes that. If somebody comes up and says, hey, I'd love to spend more time with you. And you could spend more time with them going to get coffee. You could spend more time with them going on a walk. You could spend more time, you know, in a, in a book club or something. But you just want to spend more time with them. Your, your gym's got this thing going on. Come on in. Let's, let's work out together. It's a cool environment. And we can spend some more time together. That's the way you approach it. Not, you know, that something is wrong, not that they need to keep up with you, but you want to spend more time with them. And ultimately, you know, it's going to be their decision anyway. But uh, as long as you are leading by example with your own actions and you're as positive as possible, you're not, you know, pointing the finger at them and, you know, kind of it's hard for spouses to coach each other, you know, and or even if you're in a relationship. Like, I don't know how how you and Crystal are like, maybe it's a little bit different, but like, it's, it's really hard for me. Like I, I help my wife, like she's doing uh, the keto plan with me right now, but it's a very different relationship. Like I can't really call her out as much as I do my, my regular clients, but she's accountable. We got a little, I, I print out her, uh, her macro breakdown on the refrigerator and, uh, she fills that out and I just kind of look it over it and it's been great. So, uh, you know, nothing but positive support there, but is that, do you think that's helpful as, as far as just, yeah, you know, no, 100%, man. That? I agree. Like, I think, um, you know, obviously if you're pointing the finger and telling somebody they need to change, they're automatically going to put up a wall and, yep. you know, fight you for it. But if you make it about them and, and like I said, lead by example, like if, if you're happy and positive and see improvement, you know, that's contagious. They're going to pick up on that and want to replicate it for themselves. And, you know, if you make it about them and, and illustrate how it can be fun for them to try and enjoyable, then they'll be more inclined to do it. Um, so, yeah, 100% agree. And it, it is hard, you know, to follow up what you just said about, you know, working out or training your significant other. Like, Crystal and I, we work out really, really, really good together. Um, but it's interesting, like, if we're, you know, in a fight or something's wrong before we go to the gym, then inevitably, like, my way of handling that is to just freaking get into the zone in my workouts and freaking kill it. And I just look like I'm pissed off. People don't come up to me because they know I'm in the zone. Whereas she, <laughs> if she's fighting with me before she goes into the gym, in the gym, she just doesn't feel like working out. So I'll be killing it and she'll be emotional. It's just it's just never a good thing. We should always fix yeah. it before we go to the gym. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's, it's been good for the most part, though. I mean, I, she's... She's the most consistent workout partner I've had. I've had some pretty bad workout partners in the past. <laughs> I think that would be a cool show topic. Maybe like you and I, we can get uh, a few other people on there and just talk about terrible workout partners. <laughs> Man, we, we could talk for days. We could talk for days. I'm very, very selective of my workout partners now. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I can agree with that. <laughs> so 
now, like we talked talked about the the relationship. What about um, so the the gym and the fitness and making that like a monetized you know vehicle? How did you go from from losing the weight to actually building? So you were doing like training at different gyms, bouncing around, and that kind of came into what you've got now. Yeah. So when I was in college, competing in powerlifting, you know, focused on strength and strength athletics. I was I had a book of business. I was working with athletes, you know, high school athletes. Uh, I trained most of the sports teams at our local high school. Uh, you know, I was making decent money, uh, but I also realized that the kind of the glitz and glamour that we all think is going to come from training athletes was actually they are there's a lot of ego there and they're kind of a pain in the ass, especially high school, you know, working with a lot of high school guys, there's just so much like young testosterone like you know, blowing in the air there where it's like, I, I would, you know, I'm working with the, with the football guys and there's 80, you know, 15 year olds in there with me or whatever. And I would spend hours just all these like periodized programs, like Russian squat pro. Like I'm like, they're going to be animals. And I would spend hours developing the programs individualized per position. And then they would all just sit in the corner, do biceps curls the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Uh, so I was making money doing, doing that. So I had some momentum going, I had some connections and when I decided to to lose weight, I was I just flipped the switch and I was like, I don't want to do any of this athlete stuff anymore. I just want to help people do what I what I'm doing because I feel amazing and I know that I can help other people. And you know, and just starting off, like it wasn't about like keto or, or you know paleo or anything like that. It was eat clean, get rid of the shitty food, and work our ass off. And that was my that was my foundation. That's how I lost my hundred pounds. That's uh, you know I started taking on clients. I'm like, here, test this nutrition program out. And it was just clean eating, like get rid of sugar, clean eating, basics. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I did was I made them another kind of funny thing. I, I gave people the diet, and nobody got any results. I gave it to them for free. If they're personal training with me, here's the diet plan. Nobody got any results. Then I did two things that produced 500 pounds of weight loss in like eight weeks, all right? So what I did was I said, all right, no more freebies. You guys have to pay me for the diet and you need to email me every day. Boom, 500 pounds of results right there. And just by making them have skin in the game, like we talked about, and then making them accountable every day. It wasn't like email me if you have questions. It was email me or I find you and get the email report. And, and they're like, okay, boss. And uh, boom, results. So that was the magic formula, and I, that's how I built my business. I was like, okay, this is good. And that's when the boot camp thing just started to pop. Like boot camp fitness was just starting to happen. So I was like, all right, uh, we're going to do this boot camp thing. And I just basically convinced 13 people to do my first, what I call my meltdown fat loss boot camp. And I had 13 people in there, and we did like, I forget how many hundred pounds we lost. It was, it was a good group. And we, uh, but I basically had to convince all of them. I think about half of them paid full price and I kind of strong armed the rest of them. And I had like my, my, uh, just like some of my old high school teachers and like friends and things like that. I was just strong arming people to get a group because I knew it would work. And then we leveraged that. Uh, eight weeks later, I did another one and we had 30 people. Then we did another one. We had 70 people. And then I started doing hundred person boot camps, and it just went nuts. I mean, it went nuts. And, uh, just people were just bringing other people in. We, we had 15 people in my hometown that lost over hundred pounds. And like we had somebody lost 170 pounds, completely just half of where she started and just craziness. And it was all just, 
making people do it. I, I, I created, uh, uh, what I call my amazing results formula. And I, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I create a lot of processes. I create a lot of formulas and things like that because I feel like people are willing to take action and in fitness and health and weight loss and body transformation, we're willing to act, but we don't understand where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I try to create clarity and say, here's a process. Here's where you're at in the process. Here's how you get to the next level of the process. Here's what you need to do. So it gives people clarity of, oh, I can act, but I need to act in this direction to get results. So I, I, I created something that I call my amazing results formula because that's just the name that popped into my head. And uh, so my amazing results formula, four components. And I applied it to my program, and that's what produced 35,000 pounds of results. So uh, the first component is uh, being c- committed to nutrition. So you're not trying to do something. You're not trying to do keto. You're not trying to do Weight Watchers. You're not trying to do paleo. You're doing it. You're doing it or you're not doing it. And I know what rules you're playing by. Then the second component of the formula is you're committed to fitness. I know when you're working out. I know what types of workouts you're doing. Uh, I know what intervals. And we are booked in advance for at least a month. So you're not one of those people that's like, oh, I might go to boot camp class tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. until my alarm goes off and I hit the snooze 12 times and skip it. Uh, so yeah. that's, uh, you know, so we're committed. Third component is really my specialty. Actually, uh, shameless plug alert, uh, I've got a book on Amazon.com called The Third Component, How to Get Better Results from Any Weight Loss Program because I focus on this third component so hard and that's what I call strategic thinking. And it's understanding your danger zones. So... I don't think it's enough that we act with nutrition, we act with with our exercise. We have to understand what always screws us up because so many people uh, fall into the same hole in the road. Like they're on one end, their goal's at the other end of the road, and there's a giant hole, and they just walk right into it over and over and over again. And they go and crawl out of the hole and go get a bike. And they fall, they ride the bike into the hole, and then they crawl out of it, they go get a car. They drive their car into the road, and, and I'm, I'm saying, it's not about how you travel, it's about the damn hole. Let's fix that. So uh, you have to be able to identify, analyze, and prepare ahead for those danger zones. Like uh, a lot of people that I, I talk to de- deal with uh, job stress, and that makes them stress eat. Or vacations. So many people go on a vacation, and that last couple of weeks, when they're supposed to be like getting their abs all primed up, they, they just go, screw it. I'm going to be on vacation. Who cares what I eat now? And then they say, okay, I'll get started after vacation. And then boom, six months later, they, they've lost all their momentum. So we focus on the danger zones. We focus on uh, building a bridge over that hole in the road so you can make progress. So that's the third component. That's what my book's all about. And then the fourth component is doing the first three consistent, consistently over time. So if you can have a, a consistent uh, plan going with your nutrition, your fitness, and understanding your danger zones, you're going to get amazing results. And that can be applied across the board. 100% agree, man. I freaking love it. Like It's, it's really quite simple. It's not difficult at all it's uh it, it's simple but it's it's hard from the sense of the consistency is where it gets difficult um i mean bodybuilding like bodybuilding is like the sexy thing right you get yourself at three and a half percent like you're freaking freaking nature it's because my mind you know the way i think about it allows me to just consistently stick to something four and a half five months without you know different differentiation at all like i just flip the switch and the same is true with business same is true with relationships same is true with life you know like when you have a goal and you've got the the simple basic tools in place, so you don't have to know the next new scientific engineered way to do X, Y, and Z. Like if you just stick to the simple basics that are tried and true, but do that consistently day by day by day, like you're freaking going to succeed. Yeah, and I think 
that just being consistent with anything can take you to like a pretty masterful level at things. And then when you want to go elite and that next level up, then it might take some specialized tweaks here and there. Uh, like, you know, you getting your pro card, like I'm sure that was like, you had to go kind of that next level and, and, and implement some next level strategies, but just being in shape, you can just apply the basics and you can get in shape and you can be healthy and you can, you know, have healthy knees so you can run and play soccer with your grandkids and things like that. So, um, I think in this day and age, another, another danger zone that I see popping up is that everybody wants the hack mm-hmm. and a lot of people, I think that's one of the danger zones with keto actually is that a lot of people see keto as a hack and I'm like, hell no, it's probably the most involved nutritional strategy I've ever been involved with. Like you got to be measuring stuff. You can't free eat on keto. You can't just be like, oh, my plate looks pretty ketotastic. Uh, I'm probably in ketosis. Uh, you know, you've got to really be on your numbers. So I think a lot of people, just because it's bu- it's a buzzword right now, keto, people as- associate that with a biohack, like, uh, you know, wearing like blue blocker glasses or something like that, you know, to, to yeah. block out the, the blue rays, uh, you know, but it's, that's not what keto is at all. So I think that's why a lot of people kind of lose hope quickly and they say, oh yeah, I tried keto. It didn't work for me, Robert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, I don't know, like you have to just have like a long game approach. I talk about that a lot, but people want to try keto to lose 20 pounds in three months and then go back to what they're doing. Like I, I jumped on keto, fell in love with it. I've been doing it for three years without a single carb cheat meal, not once. And I have no intention of getting off of keto because I don't want to. Like it doesn't leave me wanting for anything else. And the same is true with everything, you know, like when you find out what works, you find out what ticks and you're able to see consistent improvement day by day by day. That consistent improvement is sexier than that cheat meal any day of the week. Yeah, I I tell my people a lot of times that you just have to build up your why so that's bigger than all the why nots combined. And when that happens, your mindset shifts and nothing you can't be stopped. And that's that's where you're at with keto. And that's why you haven't you know done a carb cheat in in three years. And that's so impressive that that discipline muscle is so just freaking built. I and mean, that that's your strongest muscle, Robert, is that discipline muscle. And that's why you've achieved so much. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Like discipline is is everything. Like. I mean, no matter what it is, like whatever you're wanting to perfect, you know, whether it is business or a skill or like a sport, you know, anything. Like if you wanted to become the world's greatest soccer player, I don't know about the world's greatest, but if you want to become better at soccer than what you currently are and you commit yourself to 30 minutes of practicing soccer and your kick every single day, having that discipline to do it no matter what, I mean, you're going to achieve greatness with that. Like no matter what it is, it's just like consistent effort and having that discipline over time. That that's that is the single most game changing shift that sadly the majority of our population fails to do because they live on the day to day short term and they don't think about the big picture. Yeah, I think yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, and I've got a a workshop that I do with my clients. Uh, I've got an online academy, and we do a quarterly workshop that I call the Goal Achieving Workshop. So the goal there is I think we need that big picture, but then we have to bring it home with what uh, Tony Robbins calls process goals. So we, you know, so for example, somebody has a year long goal of losing 60 pounds and we break that into a quarterly goal, a monthly goal, and then we assign a process goal. So we say, okay, 60 pounds broken into quarters. That's 15 a quarter. That's five a month. That's a little bit over a pound a week. Very doable. Another funny side note is everybody that, you know, the person that set that goal, that 60 pound goal, they're always like, 
fired up about that. But when we break it down to one pound a week. They're like, that doesn't sound like very much, Adam. I'm like, it's the same damn thing. Uh, so uh, that's just how our mind works. But we then say, okay, these are our numbers. These are the goals that we want to hit. Let's assign a process goal. And what that is, uh, to like use a, a sports analogy, if we're the Golden State Warriors and we want to win an NBA championship, that's our big goal. That's an accomplishment goal. But we need a, pro- a process goal to help us ensure that we're doing things daily to you know, work towards that goal. So we could shoot a thousand jump shots. That'd be a process goal. And we know if we do that, it doesn't guarantee success, but does it increase our chance of success? Yes. So with fitness, our, our fitness analogy, I would say, all right, you no, know, make sure that you are booking all of your workouts a month in advance. If we do that, and if you're showing up to 90% of them, 80% of them, then we have a very good shot at achieving our goal that we've gone out to. So having the big goal, but then bringing it home and connecting it with something that you do every day, even if it's reading uh, a lifestyle rehabilitation statement like I did, that was part of my process goal. And I think that's kind of a magic recipe uh, that people like you and I are, are out there applying and seeing results from. I agree 100%, man. I got, I got two, two follow-up statements there. So Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, the guy that wrote, uh, uh, what, what did I say he wrote? Um, crush it. Crush it, yeah, yeah. Drawing a blank here. So his philosophy is very similar. He, he deals in the clouds and in the dirt you know he's like people get stuck in the middle they get stuck in the middle they, they don't have the big picture and they don't have the minutia day to day they get stuck in that middle so like that really resonated with me in the sense that i've got these huge 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 big picture goals for keto savages i fully intend to you know see to completion but at the same time I've answered every single Instagram DM. I've answered every single email. I've ever answered every single YouTube comment. Like, I'm in the freaking dirt. I'm in the weeds. Like, I'm in the trenches on the day-to-day. And the same is true with, like, hitting every single one of my macro goals for the day. Clouds and dirt, people. Clouds and dirt. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, we're all out there hustling right now. We're putting in the grind, and, and that's how you get the job done. You can't be afraid of hard work. And, and that's why uh, people like you and I are out there seeing some some of our dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. And and one more thing I forgot to mention as well. You said you were a fan of Tim Ferriss, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So one of the – in his books, he's got this uh, concept called dreamlining. Did you yep. recall reading that? Yeah, uh, yep. So basically – and this, this is really cool. I think any of the listeners can really appreciate this. He basically says, okay, take all the things that you want in life and don't hold back. Like if you want a freaking 747 jet, put that on the list. You know, um, if you want a vacation home in Hawaii, put that on the list. And then look at the cost for each of those things. Look at the, and it doesn't have to be like a cost thing either. It could be like learn, learn a guitar, you know. Look at the, the time cost. And then write all those on the list and then break it down on like a, a monthly cost goal. And then break that down into a daily cost goal and then an hourly cost goal. I put all these things on my list and my hourly cost goal was like I needed to make seven forty seven an hour. So I needed to make less than minimum wage to have all these things that I wanted at the time. You know, and you bring it down like that, and it's like, shoot, anything's achievable. Yeah, it just gives you hope. And with hope, that's when people get on fire. Once they realize that, hey, this actually is possible, uh, and they're not afraid to just, you know, we're not afraid of a no. If somebody tells me no, like if I invite somebody cool on my podcast and they don't even reply back, no big deal. At least I, I put it out there, you know? So, yeah, we got to, once we gain that hope, we got we to gotta get action and keep building that momentum. And that's, that's when we get on fire. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, I'm I'm keeping going, man. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation here. So, yeah, with with the it. gym, uh, talk to me about that, man. Like you you got this this new facility, you, you bought it out right from the gymnastics place. Um, what was it like having? Eventually, someday I'm gonna have me a keto savage gym. But what was that you know initial year like for you? I mean, it's awesome. I mean, having you know, kind of cutting my teeth in commercial gyms 
and then going to being in full control, it's awesome. And anybody that's out there that I know there's a, probably a lot of fitness professionals that listen to your show. Uh, it's, it's so worth the investment, but I've got a few, maybe some, some words of wisdom on uh, the right way and the wrong way to do it. So, um, it's, it's first off, it's so nice because you go into a commercial gym and you can develop a program for your client, but then you're just left to the, the chance that the right equipment is open and there's a squat rack that you can use. And, and, and it's very frustrating if you have to change things, because you know, you have a killer program and a killer workout, but you got to kind of share with everybody else. So having your own deal and, and just knowing, okay, I've got this and you know, I've got employees, I've got other personal trainers that are on my team and we all work together to know who's working when and all that. But it, uh, we can do exactly what needs to be done. I get the exact equipment that I need to accomplish the goals. I've got the times that you know, I can, I can leverage like group training and boot camp training or workshops. I can do whatever I want. And that freedom is just awesome. So Robert, you definitely, if, if that's a goal of you or anybody else out there, like it's a worthy goal, but, um, something that you need to know is that like your growth with the gym and not over leveraging yourself with like rent and things like that. Cause that, that move that I made to that big gym, it, it was a part of my dream, but sometimes we set those goals out there that we don't really fully understand all the ins and outs of them. So I set that big goal of having an 8,000 square foot facility and that sucker was expensive. Like I was paying uh, a lot of money every month, uh, you know, a lot of money for me. And it, it really was kind of scary. Like that, it, it threw me for a loop a lot of months. Like, man, this is a lot of money I'm paying. And, you know, we, we cover it. But it's, uh, you know, so that I, I almost feel like I took too big of a jump. And I had a lot of people egging me on. You got this. You're fine financially. You got, you know, plenty of money in the bank, blah, blah, blah. But still, you know, if you, you got to trust your gut. Sometimes you'll have a whole lot of people that are egging you on, especially I feel like with personal training, a lot of people have those clients like, I'll invest in you, I'll back you, you're good to go. But then when hard times hit, they might not be there. Yeah. So those, those are things you got to really take into account. So I'd encourage people to stay as small and efficient as possible and then grow. So even if you buy or rent a smaller place and get your, your feet wet and really understand what your budget is or what your monthly expenses look like, all the ends and really understand business because uh, I've had, you know, I didn't go to business school. I had to learn everything and I'm still learning a lot. You know, it's, it's marketing and all that stuff. It's, it's tough, but you know, if you grow, I would encourage you to grow slowly, not grow slowly, but grow. If you want a bigger facility, do that slowly and make sure you're in the game for a few years and understand trends. Cause there are definitely like the yearly trend of, you know, the new years, you can make some money, but then summer hits, people going on vacation, your, your book of business might decline. And then like we're in the Midwest where a bunch of snowstorms and the flu hit, our January's kind of sucked. Like just people aren't getting out because they're sick and we've got all this snow happening and the roads are dangerous and all that. So you need to understand some of those cycles and have a safety net and all that. Uh, but I'm, I'm super happy with where we are now, uh, you know, owning our own facility, having some land where we could build some more stuff if we needed to. Uh, just keep my eyes open for opportunities that we can, you know, leverage with our business and with our, our facility. Uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing, but it's taken me 10 years of grinding and, and a lot of stress and, you know, a couple of anxiety attacks going to the hospital to get there. And I try to, and you know, anybody that's a gym owner or an aspiring gym owner out there, um, 
if you just reach out to Robert or if you contact me on Instagram or anything and you want to just bounce some ideas around, I'd be glad to talk to you. Like this is something I'm passionate about and whether it's weight loss or business or whatever, if I can help people just shorten the learning curve and avoid a few of the bumps in the road that I've hit, then I'm all for it. Cause I don't want anybody to feel some of those anxiety attacks like I was feeling and, and not feel that feeling of not knowing really what's what the future holds. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, reach out to me on, on Instagram, Facebook at transformationcoach.me or just hit up Robert and he can uh, push you through to me. For sure, man. Well, I'll definitely, uh, once I get closer to that stage in the game, I'll be hitting you up for sure. Where's your, where's your gym located? Where are you located in the Midwest? Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. So we're about an hour south of Indianapolis. So if anybody needs to get a good workout in, just hit me up and we'll, we'll rock it out, man. Hey, I'll come train with you, man. We'll do legs. Yeah, there you go. I saw you doing those glute glute thrusters on Instagram the other day. The glute. <laughs> That's not my normal workout. <laughs> that was more for comic relief than anything. Yeah, that was whatever. Good lift though. <laughs> whatever. I I heard that you can uh, you can put a dollar bill between your butt cheeks and make change. Is what I heard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did get shredded, man. Those glutes, when the glutes come in, that's always how you tell if you're ready for the stage or not, if your glutes are straightened. Yep, yep. Um, real quick, man, you've been keto for three months now, right? Yep, yep. Yes, what, sir. What got you trying that in the first place? Well, anytime a new kind of trend comes around, what I've learned now as kind of a more seasoned fitness professional or whatever, like I like to sit back and just see how people are screwing it up. And, you know, cause I knew there's potential with it. But I like this. I like to kind of reverse engineer my programs, and I say, okay, you know, I see people, you know, cheating too often. They're eating too many carbs. I see people not tracking their macros. I see people that are just in it for cheese and, and bacon, and that's it. They get attracted. Like the only motivation is cheese and bacon, and, and they're like that's not going to last. Uh, so I just notice all these trends, and I say, okay, if I can solve all of these through a plan that I could develop, then I've got a good plan. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing, and and now you know, three months in, I actually another thing that really spurred me on is one of my uh, clients that I've worked with for a really long time. Her name's Linda. She's lost over 60 pounds. She's 64, 65 years old and just an awesome lady, but she's been having seizures. So I started doing re- more research on keto and seizures, and I was like, okay, that's the final straw. I got to really dive in deep and, and really feel comfortable and figure this out because I'm going to help her out. And that's what's kind of been the fire in my belly for getting this whole uh, keto journey going. And now my clients are fired up. I'm launching a, a test group and all this stuff, and we're going to uh, put it out there and help a bunch of people with the keto diet. I freaking love it, man. So do you have, like, in the three months that you've been on it, Are you uh, do you have any regrets? Or are you, you know, full full steam ahead? Oh, no, man. I, I'm full steam ahead. And honestly, I got I to gotta give you props, man. Your show has been such a great resource. Like, legit, I, I messaged you the other day. I'm like, I drove to Chicago, and I listened to your show the whole way down and back. I just bumped up your downloads. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's something that I really, you know, the more I read about it, the more I like it. And, you know, there are different trend diets and, and, and nutrition plans and things like that, but I feel like this just it makes so much sense because of our genetics. And you talk about it all the time. It's like this is how – genetically, we have you know, originally evolved to be consuming food and carbs and processed foods aren't, you know, they don't jive with our genetics. So it just makes so much sense. I feel great mental clarity. Uh, you know, the, the body fat is dropping like it's going out of style. You know, I might, I might have to jump on the stage with you soon, man. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I might be too old for that now. But the uh, no, you the, got it, man. You're in your prime. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just so cool to see something work 
so well. And one of the things I love about it too is that you can just get those numbers dialed in. And like you uh, were talking about with your 90-day experiment, like you can just make a few little variable tweaks and measure what happened and maybe you get an improvement and you can hang on to that and build momentum through that. And it's so cool how, how tight and how dialed in you can be with, with the ketogenic plan. And that's, that's probably what I love about it most because I'm a numbers guy and I don't like all this like, you know, free eating is cool and all that. But man, if you can put in just a little bit extra effort and know your numbers and it's really not that hard, that much extra time to do, um, once you get the hang of it, man, just feeling that in control of your body and your body fat loss and your mental clarity, uh, you know, just in the long-term effects of not, you know, hopefully preventing disease and things like that. It's just so powerful. So I'm, I'm in love with it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a long hauler now. I freaking love it, man. Like I'm, I'm excited to see how it impacts you as an individual, but then also your million pound mission. Cause I, I'd be willing to bet that it'll expedite that million pound number. Oh yeah. That's, that's the idea, man. And, you know, I've got a lot of different plans that I use and things like that. And, and I kind of, I view the transformation, I call it my transformation tool belt. Like we got to use the right tool for the right job. So, you know, if somebody is really struggling and, you know, you've gained a hundred pounds in the last year, I probably wouldn't be like, Hey, let's put you on the keto right now. I'd probably say like, let's go four weeks, just clean eating. Let's just get kind of, let's stop the, the giant boulder that's rolling down the hill at us first. And then let's build some momentum uh, with a more strict plan. Like I want to set people up to succeed. So whether that's even with workouts, if that's doing, you know, hit training or bodyweight training or CrossFit style training or traditional bodybuilding style training or powerlifting, it's, it's individualized. And it's like, what is the right tool for this person and for their goals? That's what we use. But I, I just considered keto is going to be a tremendous tool for us that a lot of people, it's going to be the right fit for. I agree. I agree. I might be a little biased though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another quick question, man. You see, like you're in the cool, uh, perspective and that you get to see a lot of people on a daily basis that are you know at all different levels of experience with their nutrition and training what are some common mistakes that you get from like you know clients coming in that are you know pretty green at this lifestyle what are some common mistakes that you see like both physically with their training and through their nutrition i think in general one of the biggest just tripping points is what i call uh the transformation light switch syndrome where they plug into a program and that's like th their light switch is on. They're in it. They're like, I'm in boot camp. This is amazing. I'm on fire. And then, you know, we do eight week boot camps and then day 56, they're on fire. Day 57, they flip the light switch off and they go right back to all their old stuff. And I'm like, why in the hell would you do that? Like you've lost 30 or 40 pounds and you're doing great. And they tell themselves, I need a break. You know, I need a break. And it's just like, it's this excuse that we put out there of we do a thing and you see it even in bodybuilding when people have that binge and they're like, I need a, a break from the regimen. And really, I understand like doing a little bit of detraining, throttling back a little bit, but the core fundamental habits, that, that discipline has to be there. The accountability has to be there. You can't go, you know, people say they're going to give themselves a break and what they really mean is they're going to do the exact opposite of everything they've been doing. And that is a terrible idea. So that's like the number one thing that I see people just spinning around and around. I, I, I've got another concept that I developed called the black hole of fitness doom. You're going to like this one, Robert. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to ring true because I know you see it too. 
So there's, there's four parts. It's like a big circle, a big spiral, the black hole of fitness doom. And the first thing is you do a new program and you are fired up and you're excited about it. And then you move into the second phase. You get initial results because there's a new stimulus in your body and, and something is producing results, a different workout, a different nutrition plan. You're psyched about it still. The third phase at the bottom of the circle is life happens. Your kid gets sick. Uh, you know, you go on vacation, your job changes, a relationship ends, and then you crash and burn the fourth phase. You decided, I just, you know, I get this, I get the email all the time and I'm just so busy right now and, and something's got to give, it's going to be my nutrition. You know, I'm like, no, it's your health, dude. You need your health. Uh, but that, that fourth phase, they crash and burn. They go right back into phase one again, eventually try something new, get results. Life happens, crash and burn round and round we go. And the really bad thing is that every cycle we go through that, it's hard on our body. It screws up our metabolism. But also, you know, we lose hope. We lose willpower. We lose all that time, money, and effort we've invested. And it gets harder every single time. And all of a sudden, people find themselves in that place where they're like, maybe this is just me. Maybe I should just give up. Maybe I can't do this. And we start telling ourselves that kind of self-talk starts to happen. And that's when I try to just grab people and say, hey, you can get out of this. You just have to understand where you're at and how to, to break free of that cycle. And that's what I love to do. And really, that's my specialty. So, I mean, like I said, anybody that's out there that feels like they're trapped in that, reach out. Because I, I, I'm just like Robert. I love getting down in the dirt and just interacting. And, you know, if I can help somebody with some free stuff, I always lead with free stuff. And then if we need to do coaching and paid stuff later on, that's fine. But I'm about the impact. And, and that's, that's, where, that's where we're going to go. And, I, you know, people like Robert and myself, we're locking arms. We're on the same side of this battle. And that's why, like, he's been on my show, I'm on his show, and we're promoting each other's messages and we're sharing audiences. We just want to find the right people and make sure our message is out there connecting with the right people so we can help you guys. So uh, that's uh, – I kind of went off on a rant there, I just realized. But uh, no, I that, that's, love that's it, what I'm all about. Yeah, yeah. I freaking love it. Like, I think uh, – like, my whole – and I think this is the same way with you, but my whole desire behind, like, the life that I'm building right now is to create a life with intentionality and purpose that I don't want to have to take a break from. Like, I don't want to have to look forward to my two weeks paid vacation time at the end of the year. You know, screw that shit. I want to be able, my, my life is a day-to-day vacation. I'm going to wake up, live, and work on what I'm passionate about. And in doing that, I'm going to be so much more likely to create great work because I love the work that I'm doing. And that's something that few people can, you know, wrap their head around, it seems. It's like they'll... They'll work in a humdrum job they don't like. They'll they'll eat food that they don't enjoy. They'll count macros they don't want to do. They'll make these recipes that they feel like they're suffering from. And it's they're doomed to fail because they don't love the process. They don't fall in love with the process so much so that the process... For me, I made a quote the other day. Process is greater than pinnacle. You know, Learn to love the day-to-day grind for what it is and not feel like you need to escape from it because that's the freaking beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that the process is greater than the pinnacle. There's a, a, a gentleman I interviewed that he is one of the, the top entrepreneurial coaches in the world. His name is Dan Sullivan, and he's he's one of my coaches. He's one of the people that you know I, I pay him money to, to help coach me, and he has a goal to live to be 156 years old, all right? And, and that's kind of a weird goal, but he set that number because he wants to live and see two different centuries. That's why he set the 156 years. He's 74 or five right now. So he's middle-aged in his, in his mind. But he set that huge goal. So that's his big pinnacle. 
but what he's kind of doing his own little mental jujitsu on himself because he knows he sets that goal out there and then he starts to act differently and according to that goal because he's like, well, if I'm going to live to be 156, I have to eat differently. I have to exercise differently. I have to plan my stress levels out differently and I have to enjoy my life uh, as I go because, you know, it, that that's what it's all about. So it, it's kind of interesting, you know, that whole concept is just that's what that's the way we have to think. We can't uh, I mean, we have to celebrate the wins as we get them, as we you know, you know, you and I were messaging back and forth about us getting ranked on the top 200 and all this stuff and and kind of going back and forth, like uh, getting all psyched. And we have to celebrate those wins like that's really cool stuff. And it's not well, I'm not number one yet. But like, hell, we're in the top 200. This is freaking awesome, man. And, and let, let's let's high five on that. And uh, same thing with weight loss or, you know, even if you're just trying to, you know, work towards a bodybuilding show and maybe you've never done one before and you get, make top five. And, but you don't win, but cool. You made top five. Celebrate that, you know. So that's that's all about enjoying enjoying the hustle, enjoy that grind when you get your hands down in the dirt. Yeah, man, I, I 100% agree. And you hit the nail on the head with like, I really like his concept of living the two centuries. You know, so many people they they put this this finish line up, like whether that be retirement or whether that be you know when they're getting older in age or whatever that may be. It's like, why do you have to have a finish line? You know, like I want to freaking be hustling until the day that I don't wake up. You know, like. I'm excited to keep doing this when I'm 98 years old. You know, I have no intention of drawing the line in the sand and saying, okay, this is when I stop growing as a person. Yeah. Now, here's, here's something. That I, I'll turn the tables on you and ask you a question on your own show here, Robert. Go for it. <laughs> I, I, I've been, you know, through all this growth that, you know, I've been seeing a lot of growth and it's really awesome. And I know you have too. Like, I've started to think more about the term enough. Like, what is enough? Because... The other thing I think that people like you and I that are very goal driven and we go after it and we hustle and we work, you know, we have the tendency to just jam pack and all of a sudden a lot of life gets squeezed out. So what are your opinions on like your big goals, but also knowing like, okay, that's enough because I still need enough room for my, my family and my, my girlfriend and my, my own personal time. So what are your thoughts on, on, on not limiting ourselves, but also keeping uh, what enough means to us in mind? That is a really, really, really great question. One of the best that I've been asked. And I love <laughs> the concept of enough, you know. And for me, th- this is something that I think I've I've grown a lot in maturity in the last year with. Um, you know, previously I used to always want the flashy stuff. Like I like to think of myself as having a Lamborghini and a big house and all that bullshit that, you know, young influential kids want to have when they're older. Yeah. I don't care yeah. about that anymore. Like I'm a I'm a minimalistic lifestyle person now. Like I don't I only have what's necessary. I don't want to clutter myself with things that do not move me closer to my goal or benefit the message I'm trying to send. With regard to enough, I like to think of myself as being content but never satisfied. And that's kind of a cliche term that gets thrown around a lot. But for me, that manifests itself in that I'm always going to be learning the next thing. I'm always going to be helping somebody in some way. I'm always going to be pushing my boundaries farther and farther and farther. But since I know that I'm always doing that and know that I'm always improving, I'm satisfied in the day-to-day because I'm not filled with regret. I'm not left thinking at the end of the day, oh, gee, there was something else I could have done today that would have made it today better. I know that I'm going to die, and that is liberating because I know that you know, I've only got one ride on this pony called life. I'm going to freaking give it everything I got and not be sitting there on my deathbed wishing I'd done a single thing other, you know, different because 
there's not going to be an opportunity to have regret. I'm not going to look back and wish I could have done something. I'm giving today and tomorrow and the next 10 years my everything. But in doing that, I'm satisfied in the day-to-day because I'm content in the moment. Not satisfied, but content, rather. And that is enough in my mind. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. That's That seems like it's, it's right in line with where you need to be, especially at this point in your life. So I commend you on that, brother. Appreciate it, man. Well, brother, I uh, we're, we're definitely going to have to do around two. We're going to do around two when you hit that million mark, and we'll have to bump it up to two million or something. There we go. I, I'm going to do the cabillion mound, um, the cabillion pound mission. Easy for me to say. That's what we'll do. The cabillion. <laughs> and, and at some point, I'm going to have to hire you. You have to come comb through my website and my branding and come up with all these cool, crazy, you know, <laughs> Robert Sykes' super duper keto seven. You know, yeah, that's what I do. I, I, I name things, man. I name things. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, where can people go to find out more about you, man? Yeah, two things. Uh, number one, uh, the Million Pound Mission podcast. That's kind of the tip of the spear. That's a great way to just learn more about me, my coaching style. And I've got something I call the subscribe for five challenge. I want you to subscribe for five episodes and if you're not inspired, then I get then I get fired is what I say. So uh, if I don't give you something that you can take away, uh, like you, you mentioned, Robert, like I've got more of a minimalist mindset. I don't want to clutter up people's uh, iTunes. I don't want to clutter up your earbuds and your, your brain waves. Uh, so if you listen to five episodes and it's like, now this just isn't for me, then don't say subscribe. But give me a shot. And I know a lot of people will uh, dig in and really enjoy what I've got going. And then uh, other than the podcast, I'd love you to just check out my uh, my website, transformationcoach.me. I do a lot of freebies. I've got a cool freebie on there right, there right now that I call the Amazing Results Scorecard. I've got eight components of an amazing transformation. You get scored. You get to score yourself uh, on that. And it's stuff that you can apply to any nutrition plan, to any fit, physical fitness plan. And it's kind of a, more, a further breakdown of that Amazing Results formula that Robert and I talked about a minute ago. And so that's something that you can do. It's free. And it's kind of a neat little assessment especially if you're somebody that seems to be a little stagnant or uh, having trouble getting some traction with your weight loss and transformation. Otherwise, uh, I'm on social uh, at transformationcoach.me. And uh, like I said, I love to connect with you guys. Uh, I love to answer questions. Um, And then I guess the last way, I've got a free Facebook group. If you go to defeatthecheat.com, you can join that for free. And it's all about, you know, all eating styles, all fitness styles are welcome we just want to help support you so that you can actually, you know, get where you want to go. And that's, that's the basics, man. Adam, it's been like a freaking absolute pleasure. I've laughed. I think I've laughed more on this podcast than any other podcast I've done thus yes. far. Good. So, it, was uh, the, it was the groin scraping, wasn't it? Yeah, I that's think what that... got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it, was, it was a mix between a, a laugh and a cringe, so I don't know what I'd count it as. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. until next time, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch, man. Let me know if you ever need anything on my end. Yeah, and everybody that's listening, I want you to, to make sure that you are both subscribed to this show and make sure you leave a review. I would love for you to leave a review and give me a shout out. I want you to shout out the PhD, the previously heavy dude. That's what I go by on my podcast. So give it, give the, PD, the PhD a shout out. Leave a review for Robert. Let him know that we're connecting. And yeah, I'd be, I'd, I would absolutely love to do a round two, Robert. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, brother. Well, man, take it easy, bud. Yes, you too. Bye.